0: Thank you, Jesus. Will you do me a favor before you're seated? Uh, I just love seeing so many familiar faces and the stories, and when Chris and Outreach and Missions are talking, it stirs me to tears today. Uh, I also know that none of this is possible uh, without God, and so I would love for you to give your absolute best praise today and just let Jesus know... Do want to know how much you love him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated today. I want to welcome all those who are joining us online. There's a lot of people online that stood out to me, but a few of them specifically that I want to make mention of. The Hooblers are online. I love you very much. Phil and Barb. Phil is one of the funniest people that I know. Uh, Phil just can bring such joy to a room. They're joining us online. I know they wanted to be here uh, today and plan to be here today, but then Winter decided to revisit. Uh, and so you are at home today. We love you guys. The Barone family, the Wilson family, Bryce Harris. Uh, is online today. I love you, Bryce. Um, the Reinhardt family, Kelly Reinhardt, that is, Matt Keim, the Anderson family, uh, just so many people joining us online. And my daughter, uh, she is serving in Alabama, but she was able to jump online. She's watching right now. I love you, Jalen. Uh, will you let all of our online family know how great it is to have them today? I want to share a message with you guys today that was not initially the the plan necessarily for me to share today. I had designed an entire message I wanted to share for our birthday, our anniversary, and then midweek felt a total different uh, just a stirring, a redirection, and so uh, made that shift uh, to what i 'm going to share with you, but before I share that message with you, I do believe. It is timely. I believe it's pertinent. I believe it's really important uh, for everyone that's on site and online today. And so I hope in our 20 minutes or so that God will just really speak to your hearts. And f- before I share that message, I, I do want to just say publicly how grateful I am when I think of 19 years and all of the moves, and I think of the journey I just want to publicly say, first and foremost, how thankful I am for God. I know that would sound like a given, uh, but I, I I want to make sure we say that, that I am thankful for God. The Bible says in the 127th Psalm that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And so if God's anointing wasn't here today, then we're just a gathering. That's all we are. And so I, I think you and I would both agree when we say how thankful we are for 19 years of his presence, uh, 19 years of his spirit working, moving, touching lives. And so I'm very grateful for God today. And, and even in the Lord's Prayer, when it closes by saying it's your kingdom, it's your power, it's your glory, uh, I hope we never lose sight of that. It's not Micah's church, it's not your church. Uh, We're the sheep of his pasture, and this is his glory. And so just very, very thankful for God. The second thing that I want to say today before I go into the message is just how thankful specifically I am for God's grace. And when I think of of grace, uh, several things come to mind. The first would be what the Bible would call his sufficient grace. And when scripture talks about Tough times, or the King James Version would use the word buffeted, or some would call it an attack. Uh, that scripture would say that God's grace is sufficient. And I'm very thankful. We won't get into all of it today, but when Julie talks in the video about highs and lows, my mind goes back even this week to times when utilities were shut off and things were turned off, and you know, just so many things where God continued. Uh, to give us what I would call sufficient grace, and i 'm thankful for that i'm also thankful for grace through the lens of when I prayed nineteen plus years ago, we prayed that God would give us the crumbs if you 've been around any length of time, maybe you heard this part of the story, but I had gone for about a year and a half where I began to go and and work, worked at a sporting company, it was going to manage a a golf course was what my hope was to do. And they had a gym and laser tag and bowling and so many things. And in that season of my life where I, I was sort of trying to go do my own thing, uh, Pastor Beasley would not uh, stop messaging me and meeting me. That was my pastor at that point in my life in Canada. and uh, I think in that season of of maybe wanting to get away from some of the legalistic or uh, even ritualistic, the religious side of it. Uh, I just didn't really wanna do this. And um, in that season of my life, mixed in with the start of story side, we prayed prayers that, God, if we're going to do this, uh, give us the crumbs. And the prayer would sound something like this. We prayed it a lot, but we would pray, uh, you know, the scripture talks about crumbs that fall from the master's table. And we would use that scripture to pray and say things like, God, give us the crumbs that uh, others maybe don't believe in anymore. Or give us the crumbs that other churches have given up on. Or give us crumbs of people who have given up on their own selves. And that was our prayer when really no one was here. Uh, Just a small group of people meeting in the basement of a hotel, as Bryce shared on the video with the beer signs. People would visit see all those signs and smells and be like, we're out of here. Like, uh, like this is all we can afford. Uh, but that was our prayer that God would give us the crumbs and to see the people that God brought to us over the years and where they were and where God has taken them. I'm just thankful for grace in people's lives. And I also want to say thank you to all of the people who have given me grace. When I came here, I was in my twenties. And a lot can change, I think, now standing here turning 49 in a few months. But uh, I know people like Junior and Regina and the Elias and Julie Hinklin and the Kibblers and so many different people, the Smiths that were on the video, people that have been here for the full 19 years. There's been been a lot of times that they gave me grace uh, as God was growing me too. Uh, Sometimes people think preachers don't need Jesus. We need Jesus just like you do. Uh, And I'm thankful for all the people that gave grace to me uh, over 19 years and didn't leave when they could have. I also wanna say uh, thank you to my family, to Angel, uh, to Brooklyn, to Jalen, who's online, to Eliana, my 13-year-old daughter, and to Micaiah, uh, my son. Uh, I am just very thankful for my family. I've shared this over and over and over again. that I would not wanna grow a church and lose my home. Um, And when I see some of my friends who have had children who don't like the church no more, the church is not perfect. When people say there's hypocrites in church, it's true. When people say there's issues in church, it's true. When people say that everyone doesn't always have it together in church, it's true. I don't think any of us have it together. That's why we need Jesus. Um, and so, you know, sometimes and I was a pastor's kid, but sometimes as a pastor's kid, uh, and just all of the journey, Brooklyn was a baby when we moved here and now she's getting married in May. Uh, but to all four of my children, the fact that they love God and they love the church is probably the thing that I'm most thankful for in my life. I'm grateful for everything else, uh, but I am very, very, very appreciative of, of the fact that my kids have not uh, ran away from God or the church. And so I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for our church. Uh, I could talk for an hour about this and I won't. We don't have time. Um, but when I think of our church and I think of our children, our children's ministry, our students, our college age, you know, I look down and, and I see Seth and our Wednesday night online Bible studies and I scroll four or five pages now of our college students Wednesday nights at nine o'clock. I know I'm the old guy uh, on there and I want to go to bed and you guys are just getting started. Some of you are like, we stay up till two o'clock. I'm like, I can't wait to get off here. Like, uh, you know, we started the Bible study at nine o'clock. They wanted to do 10 and I'm like, I don't think I can make it. Uh, and so I want to do like six. Uh, but, uh, I, I love our church. And even today, uh, when I am outside and people are hugging me and I could just go row to row to row. I I mean it. I love the Henry family. I love the Gaddis family. I love the Harris family. I love you, Billy. I, you know, when, when I'm outside shaking hands, wherever, you know, Jim Jackson's at and Even when I came here, we're probably about a hundred people when I bought this building. I didn't know a lot of people. I know maybe small town and, you know, who is this you know, a guy from Canada and stuff, but just the people like Jim, he probably doesn't even know it, but the people like Jim, who just became Adam Irwin in that season, who's since moved on, but people who became my friend, um, people who who would be kind, and just, you know, it it could be everything from the ladies at the bank um, to people, I remember Carrie Gottfried and and, uh, the mayor at the time, this was not zoned to be a church, We had to go to multiple meetings for this to be zoned to be a church. And I remember, because I don't know a lot of people here at that time, several people were outside. I don't know if I would call it a protest, but maybe just verbalizing losing all of this acreage and property taxes. And I remember we were probably 100 people. I remember... I remember asking in that meeting that they wouldn't view this property, just this property taxes. But I asked them, would you give us a chance to view the value of changing kids or students or families and maybe what we would lose in one area, we're gonna gain in another area. And- I have shared it with Carrie Gottfried before, but I, rem- I didn't know her. I remember her speaking up and vouching uh, for the value of, of a church here. And to people like Carrie and so many others along the way, uh, Storyside would not be where we're at right now if it wasn't for church people and uh, people in the community. And so I'm, I just wanna say how thankful I am uh, for that. I'm also thankful for our staff and team. And when, even when I'm sitting down here on the front row, uh, Brian, who worked for me for, for a season doing all of our maintenance, and then all the way down at the end of the row, Andy Kale, who worked here for, for a season for years and years with, with lawn care and stuff, but uh, maintenance and upkeep for, for a season. And I was thinking about the Hoskins Jenny was my assistant for six years, and Sarah Miller I uh, did my kids' ministry. I was hugging Tara Reynolds and, and Dan outside today. Tara oversaw my kids' ministry for quite a while. I went all the way back downtown. I was thinking this week just about Dave King and renovating for hours and hours, but the Kings and, and Hallecks and Summers and Lori Wolfgang and just the Billantina Bass uh, just so many people early on in, in the years. And then, of course, now in this season, we saw some of the faces on, online, Pastor Ethan and Pastor Adam and Pastor Kristen and Pastor Josiah and, you know, our staff now and people like the Tresses and Neffs who were here last service and just so many names. I, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to name everybody, but the dream team and people who serve, people who give their time, talent, treasure, I just want you to know I'm very thankful. I know when people say, you know, Micah's show, Micah's church, how many people you want it to be. And honestly, even when people have said over the years, like, you know, what are you trying to get to? I don't, I don't have no number I'm trying to get to. Uh, all, all we wanted was just to help people grow in their faith in Jesus and to grow spiritually. And I know that could not happen if it wasn't for the people you see on the video. And just some of the names I've mentioned, and so I'm very grateful, right? It's, it's a team. It's, it, you know We don't do this as one person. It takes a whole team, and so I'm grateful for that. My, my final thing before I go into the message, and I will be cognizant of your time today, but I'm thankful for growth and not so much numerical growth, although unapologetically, when people talk about, you know, why do people care about numbers? People will say that, you know, I think, I think the Bible cared about numbers. Someone counted 120 at Pentecost. Someone counted 5,000 men plus women and children being fed with a lunch bag. Someone counted 3,000 got saved in a day. Uh, you know, there's a whole book called Numbers, but I, I think someone was counting, like, we have 12 disciples. We have, like, so numbers is not a bad thing, but when I say growth, I'm not talking about numbers. Uh, for me, I'm talking about fresh starts, talking about baptisms, talking about people who have grown in their faith, spiritually, emotionally, that some of you, you know, I've shared how proud of of you uh, that I am, Anthony, and just so many others. When When I first met Anthony and where he was at, where he's at now, when I first met Chris, who was on the video, I remember that. I took a picture with him, and you know, he's telling me the story. I've shared it before. He's missing a whole finger. He cut off a whole finger at one point just to get another prescription, another fix. And now, him and his wife, the jobs they have. They just bought a brand new home. Or, yeah, bought a brand new home for them. Uh, they have had a baby. Uh, like when I look at people, as Anthony or Chris or others, but where they were at, where they're at now. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for people growing in their faith. And so do me a favor, if you would, just one more time, if you would just let Jesus know how grateful you are for all of his blessings, how grateful we are. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share with you just in the next 15 or 20 minutes, I want to share with you uh, what I believe God wanted us to hear today. I want to talk to you about a story in the Bible that references the sower. It references the seed. So you have a sower, you have seed. The story is going to reference the soil, it's going to reference uh, the opposition. The opposition when we're talking about the sower. The seed and, and the soil, it's, it's going to reference the opposition, and then the story is also going to tell us about the outcome. Can we say those, those five things together? The sower, the seed, the soil, the opposition, and the outcome. All of these things are found in Mark chapter number 4. The Bible says in verse 1, The next time Jesus taught beside Lake Galilee, a big crowd gathered. And I know some of you, maybe you don't always like big crowds. And I've had people tell me, Pastor Micah, I come in, the rows and the chairs and people, and it's not my thing. I don't like a full movie theater. I don't like a full... And so even for those who don't always like big crowds, I'm glad you're here, even if you push through some of that sometimes. The Bible says this crowd was so large that he had to sit in a boat out on the lake while the people stood on the shore. And he used stories. He used stories to teach them many things. This is part of what he taught. A farmer went out to scatter seed in a field. While the farmer was scattering the seed, some of it fell along the road and was eaten by birds. Other seeds fell on thin, rocky ground and quickly started growing because the soil wasn't very deep. But but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and dried up because they did not have enough roots. Pastor Lonnie did such a great job of talking about being rooted. Verse 7, some other seeds fell where thorn bushes grew up and choked out the plants so they did not produce any grain. But a few seeds. A few seeds did fall on good ground where the plants grew and produced 30 or 60 or even 100 times as much as was scattered. If we jump down seven verses, Jesus is going to give some more clarity to his disciples or to his followers. He's going to give some more clarity to what he just shared in a story. He said, The seeds that fell along the road are the people who hear the message, but... Satan soon comes and snatches it away from them. The seeds that fell on rocky ground are the people who gladly hear the message and accept it right away, but they don't have any roots and they don't last very long. As soon as life gets hard or the message gets them in trouble, they give up. The seeds that fell among the thorn bushes are also people who hear the message, but they start worrying about the needs of this life. They're fooled by the desire to get rich, to have all kinds of other things, and so the message gets choked out, and they never produce anything. The seeds that fell on good ground are the people who hear and welcome the message, they produce 30 or 60 or even 100 times as much as was planted. When we look here at the sower, the seed, the soil, the opposition, and the outcome, my first thought as I've been drawn to this passage the last few days is I'm thankful for sowers. Thankful for sowers. I would start with God. Who, in Scripture, John 3:16, the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten son, and God gives His son so that you and I could have salvation today. And in His own way, God was sowing seed and saying, "I'm going to send my son." I, when I think of sowers, I'm thankful for Jesus. Thankful for Jesus. That when he gets to a garden and he's sweating, if you would, his sweat is like great drops of blood. And he is saying things like, Is there any way that this cup could pass from me? And in this spiritual wrestle, He gets to the point where he says, nevertheless, not my will. You know, you and I can get in trouble when we always do what we want to do. Not my will, but your will. And he's beaten. He's going to hang on a cross. He's going to give his life in his own way He is sowing into the plan of salvation. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that was given to us. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. And the Holy Spirit is sown into our lives so that we can have the Spirit of God with us everywhere, every time, never left alone, never forsaken. I'm thankful for leaders. When we talk about I'm thankful for sowers, I'm thankful for parents who sowed into my life. I'm thankful for people that I reference like Pastor Beasley. I'm thankful for my pastor, Pastor Kevin. I'm thankful for sowers. Maybe today you could think of some sowers Even in your life, obviously in the big picture, Jesus is, is giving this story, this parable. And obviously it starts with God, God sows, but, but maybe today you could just think of people who have sown into your life. I would also say, I'm thankful for the seed because we're going to talk about all of the grounds and, but the Bible says the seed is the word of God. I love the Word of God. I don't know where you and I would be without the Word of God. Heaven and earth could pass away. But there's something about the power of God's Word. And the Bible says when Jesus explains it to them, He tells them in several of the Gospels, He will say the seed is the Word of God. When you get to the seed, the sower's, when you start looking at the seed and where the seed is going to end up in our lives, in some ways this story is sobering. I I think we could go all the way to say that I, I, I think this story is even sad. From the perspective of the bible in this story jesus tells he's going to start by saying the sower is scattering seed and some fell some fell this particular translation it says some fell along the road that means on the edge i think every one of us have to be careful when we get too far out to the edge Can I go to heaven if? Is it okay if? I don't know if it's wise to even get out on the edge. The King James Version would say that some fell along the way or the wayside. When you look at this first seed, some fell out by the edge, some some. Some got out here and they they fell, and it's not a good outcome. I've seen leaders fall. It's one thing to fall and get back up. It's one thing to fall and just fall away. I've witnessed business leaders that have fallen. I've watched friends fall. The Bible says with this first seed, that birds, devours, that when they got an opportunity, the birds came in and got the seed. Jesus, when he explains this later to his disciples, he tells them, when I was talking about the birds, tells his disciples, when I was talking about the birds, you have to understand that Satan is trying to snatch or steal your seed. That's what he tells the disciples. that the sower could scatter things in your life, that, that the seed could show up in your life. but you have to be careful. What is circling your life? What are the birds, potentially even right now, that are circling your seed? That Satan would love to come and take what's been sown in your life. I think when I spend hours this week, and I've got about five or 10 minutes more with you, but when I spend hours this week, Studying commentaries and perspectives of this story, I think we could say that it actually brings grief with these seeds. That these seeds would get so close out to the edge, to the wayside, to the side. that just in my own life when I look back and you see people who had the benefit and the blessing of seed. But why did you get way out here? Why did you ever consider what is in your life right now that Satan is trying to steal. He tells them the second seed. So the first is some fell, the second is some quit. The King James Version would say they were offended. When Jesus clarifies it more, he's going to tell them there was no depth. There was a lack of roots. Tells them the lack of soil. That if I was to take seed, but if I don't have soil, this is not going to make it without that. This needs that. And Jesus is going to tell them that these people, this seed, never really gets rooted. We can be gifted but not rooted. We can be talented but not rooted. We can be rich but not rooted. We can be aged but not rooted. We can be educated but not rooted. The Bible says in verse 17, Jesus tells them, as soon as life gets hard. That's this seed, this second seed, as soon as life gets hard. I've read that every time we open our Bibles, every time we open our Bibles, it's good to remember that almost every word was written by someone who had been tortured, enslaved, imprisoned, exiled, or some combination thereof. That you and I cannot live our lives always thinking that when tough times come, that we are not going to stay planted in our faith, in our relationship with God. Hard times. Some of you could raise a hand today and say, Pastor Mike, I've had hard times the last two years. Some of you could raise your hand and say, I've had hard times the last five years, the last 20 years. Some of you could probably raise both hands. The danger is that hard times can create a hard heart. Which is even more difficult if you have a hard head. (laughs) Jesus said, This seed gives up, this seed becomes offended. In 2022, it's actually trendy to be offended. If you scroll social media, I think offense is actually encouraged nowadays. It's easy to be offended. You have repeated opportunities to be offended. And if you're looking to be offended, you're actually going to find what you're looking for. Luke 17, 1, Scripture tells us it's inevitable that offenses come. Inevitable that offenses are going to come. But there is a big difference between offenses coming into our lives and us choosing to live offended Psalm 139 verse 165 says great peace have they which love thy law and nothing nothing shall offend them our lives will often be defined by how we handle the hard times. When you look at the seed in your life, I can promise you a lot of times when we talk about the opposition and the outcome, the seed in your life could be defined, decided, by how you handle the hard times. This seed, Jesus said, the sun is going to come up. He uses in some translations the word scorching. That means it's going to get hot. It could get hard. But you have to, in the sun scorching moments, you don't head to anywhere else except the soil. That's what's important. I've got to stay planted. I've got to stay rooted. I've got to stay in what God is doing in my life. Otherwise otherwise, Jesus said it is very possible that you will get scorched or burned. Have you ever heard someone say, "I've been burned. I've been burned." Jesus said, "This seed gets offended. I would submit to you in closing today that you and I should try hard not to offend others. We should try even harder not to be offended. Our lives are too short to waste them by living with long-term offense. Ask yourself today, do I have sufficient soil? Does my marriage have sufficient soil? Does my mind, my heart have sufficient soil? Does my home have sufficient soil? The seed that has been given to me by God, do I have sufficient soil or am I one burn away from giving up? Am I one burn away from throwing in the towel? Am I one burn away from missing out on what God was trying to sow into my life? Do I have sufficient soil? Maybe you could ask yourself this question, do I need to be more rooted? Do I need to be more rooted? I know people laugh and joke about I'm an Easter and Christmas Christian, but I don't know in 2022 if your seed is going to survive if you don't have enough soil in your life. God help us in 2022, our prayer time, our Bible reading, our worship. We need the soil of God. So we get ready to close today, the third seed, Jesus, when he explains it to his disciples, he said they lost focus. They lost focus. It's easy to lose focus. I'm so busy, Pastor Micah. My kids and family and sports and the house and working this and going here and got to pay for that. And Jesus tells them, they're worried about life this is the third C they got worried about life they are fooled by the desire to get rich they get choked out and they never you see this doesn't even seem like much this doesn't seem like much at all but you know some of these are going to turn into 30 there are some of these gonna turn into 60 Some of these, he said, will go all the way to a hundred. But this third seed? Jesus said it'll choke it right out. The breath, the life, the potential, the calling. How does that even happen? Jesus said they lost focus. Mark 4:19 The King James version says in the cares of this world and the deceitfulness what a strong word the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things choke It's got too much going on all the weeds said she said they done busyness life it just is choking Jesus said these ones don't make it you know at this point in the parable if I was the sower you're 0 for 3 you can almost get frustrated at failing what's the point I think it'd be easy to stop scattering so what do we do You blame the sower? It's the sower's fault. You blame the seed? You know, it's easy to blame. It's it's the seed's fault. The downside of that is that the fourth seed, 30, 60, 100, you know, sometimes people could even say, I'm not being fed. I didn't get anything out of worship today. I and yet, four or five chairs down, people are crying, worshiping, feeling the Spirit of God, the anointing. But the easy way out sometimes is just blame the seed. Well, if we didn't have the fourth seed, that might work. Do we blame the sun? It scorched it. Let's blame the sun. Life is too hard. Life is too difficult. Life is... In this moment of 0 for 3, I'm sure as the sower in this story, it would be very hard to watch. And then we get to this final seed. The Bible says that some produced... Some fell on good ground, but it didn't just fall on good ground, it grew. They hear, they welcome. You know, James one twenty two would back up this fourth seed when it says, Don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. It finds ground and it grows. It finds ground and it grows. When you think about this fourth seed, maybe that's your prayer today, because we are going to pray it. Maybe that's your prayer that you would say, I, I want to be grounded. I want to grow. I want depth. I want to be rooted. I don't want to become offended. I want to lose focus. I want to get choked out. I want to produce. And so to sum all of it up today, just really one question for all of us, how am I stewarding my seat? Like a how. This could be calling, ministry, purpose, this could be how I treat others. My friend Carrie's here from the gym today, we've become friends a couple months ago and I invited her to come today and she's here for the first time. You know, I, I value relationships. I say life moves at the speed of relationships. She's always telling me, don't be on your phone so much in here. It's okay to take time to be at the gym. Put that phone away. I'm like, you sound like my mom. She's like, maybe your mom's been praying that I would come into your life. I'm like, you've got me. You've got me, Carrie. I'm switching gyms. She's talked to my mom now on the phone and everything. I'm not kidding. But my marriage, my kids, you, the honor, the opportunity I've been given to speak into whether it's kids or students or your family, you even being online, Micah, how are you stewarding your seed? Brooklyn and Jalen and Ellie and Micaiah, how are you stewarding? Because up here somewhere. there's birds up here somewhere there's a scorching sun I've got to get you in the soil I've got to get you rooted and planted whether it's my family or our church and I ask you today how are you stewarding your seed That third seed, I'm just busy, I gotta work, I gotta make more. The deceitfulness of riches, I don't have time for a date night. I don't have time to play catch with my kid. How are you stewarding your seed? God, I feel your anointing today speaking to all of us. I don't want my story to be that I was the first seed. I don't want my story to be I was the second seed. I don't want my story to be the third seed. I don't care if I'm 30. I don't care if I'm, a, I am ai do not have to be 100. But I want to be the fourth seed. I want to be found faithful. I want you to be planted. I want you to steward your seed. Maybe today your takeaway would be, you can't have my seed. Maybe that's your takeaway. I felt it for three or four days now. I was preaching something totally different, and I felt directed someone today that God needed to speak to your heart. Get your seed. No one can have your seed. No bird, no vulture, no devourer, no storm, no offense. You, you can't have my seed. So as we pray today, I would start by saying if you're not saved, if you're not saved today, started talking about the greatest sower being God and giving his son Jesus. If you're not saved, I want to pray with you. On site or online. I know it's a big question for you because if your life's journey ended today, do you know where you would spend eternity? Maybe you would be honest and admit that you're not at peace with God today. Or maybe you would claim Christianity, but over time, you've actually become cold towards God. But right now, you want to get close to God. I would love to pray with you today. I would love to pray with you today. I want to point you towards Jesus. Every one of you, maybe some for the first time. Some of you, you really, really, really need to reconnect. To renew, restore, to get filled up again. To be reminded of how important this is. So even right now, whether it's for the first time or for some of you, it is this renewal, refilling, reconnection, reprioritizing. I think the enemy, especially if it's your first time, the enemy will always tell you to do it later. You've got time, you can do it later. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Like right now, the Bible also tells us whoever You say, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how far I've gone. You don't know how bad I am. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. And so if you want to be saved today, you're ready to confess your sin. You're ready to say, Jesus, I want to welcome you into my world. I want to pray with you today. So as you close your eyes, no one looking around, if you're ready to make this what I would call the biggest decision of your life. I would love for you to pray this prayer with me in the room and also those joining us online. Story side, I'm asking that you would pray this prayer with me as well if we could pray it all together. Lord Jesus, I open up my life to you right now. Please come into my heart and take over from this moment forward. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. I'm ready for true change. Make me a new person. I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name. With eyes closed today, I want to ask you this morning Maybe you claim Christianity, you do the God thing, but today you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart that you want to make sure you are stewarding the seed in your life. I want to pray specifically for you because midweek when God switched this message, I really pray pray it's hitting home in your heart right now. And if you know God's speaking to you, would you just raise a hand so I can pray for you before I go back down to my seat today? Thank you. Thank you. You know God's speaking to your heart. I want to steward the seed in my life. Thank you. Thank you, God. I just pray even right now. I pray for every hand that's going up. I pray for everyone who's praying these life-changing kind of prayers in their life. The lyrics and lines of this song says in every high and stormy gale, the anchor holds. I know there's scorching sun. I know that offense is inevitable. I know that there's vultures. I know the enemy wants to steal seed, but I also know that there is an anchor in Jesus. There's an anchor in God that can hold us even in 2022. And so I pray today for every person who is saying, God, draw me close today. God, keep me close today. God, help me to steward this seed in my life. Help me not to live out on the edge. Help me not to become offended. Help me not to lack soil in life. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. I pray that people that are hearing this message right now, that they would produce, whether it's 30, 60, 100... That they would get rooted and planted and they would see the purpose, the producing of God in their life. Thank you for your word today. Can we sing this again, Katie? And all over the room, will you stand with me and would you make this your prayer? Would you make it your prayer today? God let your anchor hold me today. Let your anchor hold me in spite of the scorching sun. In spite of the vultures, the birds, in spite of the hard times, even my own self, God, I pray that we would steward the seed, steward the seed, God, My my anchor holds, my anchor holds, my anchor holds.